Boy. You are listening. You are listening to the sound of freedom. freedom. Welcome to Talk Sucker. As usual, I'm P, joined by my host on the right, Leo, and my host on the left, Izzy, and together we are Talk Sucker. So today we have a special numbers episode. We're talking all about numbers, numerology, everything that relates to numbers. Well, maybe a couple things. You know what? We'll, we'll stick to a few things that relate to numbers, and what's then the, we'll get into everything else. What's the first thing that comes to mind when you think numbers? Hmm. The TV show Num3RS, Num3ers. It was like a procedural TV show about a math whiz who would help a cop solve crimes through the use of mathematics. Sounds like a PBS Kids show to me. No, it was like a network. They lived in LA, I think. Are you saying PBS is not a network? It's not a major network. (laughs) (laughs) I think by network, they mean the main big ones that everyone has. Sorry to tell you, PBS. (laughs) How much more money would PBS have to raise every year to become an official big network? Mm -hmm. 80 million? I don't know. Man, what's your favorite PBS thing? Downton Abbey? I know it's not a PBS original, obvi, but yeah. <laughs> they played it. Did they used to play that um, that flea market show, Antiques Roadshow or whatever? Did they? Ma- no, it was something is. else. I, I can't remember. I, I never watched it. I just saw that it was a thing in pop culture because there were parodies of it. And like most shows, they would have an episode where like, oh, they're like doing an antique thing. Yeah. I think we watched the Frasier episode not that long ago where they yeah. had that same thing happen. Well, numbers, back to numbers. How much do you guys believe in the power of numbers? That numbers have meaning and power, like the whole numerology thing? I was very on board with you until you said, like, you specified numerology. Because, like, it is crazy that all these numbers do have power because, like, the world just is like a giant wave of probability that's just like being calculated in real time, which is kind of a pearl quote from the first episode of Steven Universe. What's numerology? I threw that in there. It's something I've heard. I know it has to do with numbers, but I can't quite remember what it is. We can look it up in a second. But you tell me what it is. I think it's like, it's, it's like astrology, but for numbers. I think that's the analogy that I would give if I was asked to oversimplify it, I think. I'll read you what the definition that comes up is if you type it into search sees. Numerology is any belief in the divine or mystical relationship between a number and one or more coinciding events. It's also the study of the numerical value of the letters and words, names, and ideas. It is often associated with the paranormal alongside astrology and similar divinatory arts. So with each sentence, they took a step more and more away from rationale, it seems, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I mean, in a way, you could just say abstractly, of course, numbers have power the way letters have power. They add it up. They mean different things. They mean different things. They're tied to different meanings and ideas, you know? Like there's a verbal and numerological way to write out a nuclear explosion, You know what I mean? There's a way to assign numbers to all Mm -hmm. things. So where it gets abstract, I guess, is if it's just like, oh, an E is always worth four. So if you put an E together with like, you know, then I'm like, well, I guess it's starting to get a little bit nutty, you know? I just feel like it's a good tracking system for us to understand stuff. Sure. Leo at the beginning said something 
and you made it sound like the actuary is the modern oracle. <laughs> Would you say that's true? No. Ooh, the actuary of Delphi, my new play. You guys want to go see it? <laughs> they involved getting like all shot up with heroin and stuff. <laughs> yeah, this took a dark turn. <laughs> I'm just saying because like most of the people that they actually pose as oracles were just like drugged up virgin girls. In representations, like in the movie 300, they had those like hot babes that were all drugged up, right? And in something else, I guess because drugs have that kind of mystical element, and sometimes you think and feel that you can see the future or different connections. So it has that kind of like built-in aura or connection to those ideas. But yeah. do you think modern people who think they can divine the future also are drugged up junkies? Yes. Really? I feel like sometimes there's just some things that are unforeseeable, you know? Well, Most mathematical models can't predict them, you know? Do you think that it's possible to foretell the future. Yes. And I don't mean by being like, it's going to rain here tomorrow yeah. because, you know, weather patterns or something like that. But to be like, in 15 years, random thing will happen. Or a white horse will appear and a child will die. Some random things. I'm not <laughs> saying... Because it makes it sound like you're saying like, well, you know, this smoker should die by X year. Yeah. And it's kind of like, that's a different... That's an it's actuarial predict, table that's not a psychic... You want specifically, if you think it's possible to psychic the future? That's what I'm asking. Okay. Can one divine the future or know the future, see images that can be translated into? I, I think so, even still, because in this scenario, it's more like your subconscious might be aware and have made like all the calculations of what it thinks is going to happen in your life. It could possibly attempt to tell you that in a dream. And be like, this is what might happen to you if you do this. So it's like a vision of the future based on probability, kind of. True. And I could see that because your brain would just take in the germination information of what might happen if it keeps happening and going on. Yeah. And your brain just like runs it as a yeah. program while you sleep and shows it to you. I could see that. Yeah. What about tarot cards? Izzy, do you believe in tarot readings? I mean, I've never had one done or seen one conducted, so I don't really know exactly what they're trying to pull. It's or cool. Like how the process is. It's but. cool. There's all these pretty cards that have all these specific meanings. What yeah. position they come up and upside down or right side up, they have different meanings that can be good or bad. Yeah, I think it's very pretty and everything. I don't know how to do it. I've never yeah. had it properly done. Like, I mean, I feel like if you know how to do art critique, you could probably be like, oh, because the yellows go to the blues here, that means something. Yeah. And then you're going to analyze the little lines that are coming to the sun and are actually pointing to some other figure. And so that means something. And so like if you end up figuring out what it means in each card, you can read it to anyone. And I feel like for the purposes of these modern fortune tellers, they are also using like a bunch of probability. Like they're making a guess based on the likelihood that it's true. Someone might go to a very Irishly dominated area and ask if there are any O'Donnells in the room or something right, like that. Right, like we saw that with the, on the TV show, right? Saturday About that. No, not Saturday Night Live. It was on like last, last week, week tonight. tonight with the guy that like reads the crowd and everything like that. Sure, I understand that there are charlatans in every place you look. I think that's just how they do it. I don't think there's anything special about the tarot. It's okay. just cool, it's old, and it's cute. Really? It's proven to bring people back over and over again. Yeah. So. yeah. Also, things like that are fun. Yeah. You know, even if there's like nothing to it, 
I always think like, oh, it's fun in a way that I think gambling is fun because, you know, yeah. I don't do it that often or anything thinking I'm going to become a millionaire. But you do it being like, oh, this is kind of cool. It looks pretty or whatever. Yeah. Or it's fun in the entertainment. Yeah. I think it's very a part of human nature to want to be like guessing and like, trying to predict the future with like something like simple. Like, I feel like that's why like cutie catchers are a thing. You, you know that thing where it's like a piece of paper yeah. that you do that with? And it's supposed to predict your future? I didn't know that that was what they were called. What did you call them? It's been so long since I've played with one of those things. That's, so. That term is the most recent thing I've heard it called. Because I don't. I haven't really talked to anyone who calls them by a proper name. I'd have to ask my sister what those were called when we were kids. Because I can't remember. Yeah. I never I remember them being one. cutie catchers. I didn't even know how to hold one. Oh, well, I knew, <laughs> I knew how to hold one if someone had made one. You know, I was like, but, what? <laughs> so you don't think cutie catchers can foretell the future? I mean... Let's say that instead of tarot, there were a thing where cutie catcher people would be no. like, I'll do your cutie catcher for you. Only oh, if they had those friends, though. Wait, what? I feel like I had friends who who have been into cutie catchers and then go into, like, tarot or something like that. Okay. <laughs> and so then it's like... You feel like cutie catcher is sort of like a gateway to tarot. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But, like, honestly, if there was, like, a cutie catcher-based fortune tellers, it would be pretty cool if there was, like, a big, complicated cutie catcher that had, like, a bunch of branching possibilities of what its fortune would be. Yeah, then it, it can't just be, be four yeah. options on every, you know, yeah. and every go-round or what have you. Yeah. Ooh, what if it was, like, four, and then there was the next round, and the next cutie catcher came out of that first one? Ooh, <laughs> like a Russian nesting doll of cutie catcher. Oh, that'd be so cute. Hmm. Well, it seems like... I'm not feeling much from Leo that true psychic ability or true... You don't think anyone can look into the future? Zatu? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I would believe like Garnet future vision style because it gives you multiple, but you don't know exactly well, which one you're going to be in. Well, there are obviously multiple futures. You know, yeah. in theory, Nostradamus predicted many things. Yeah. Schrodinger's cat also had a good experiment to bring up. I'm just saying Nostradamus like... Not all those things, of course, will come true because many different things would have to happen for each of them to come true, you know? That being said, they're just like bad poetry when I read them. I'm like, I don't get this. He's like an angsty teen. <laughs> but then also it's like, it comes down to what your priorities are and what are you trying to predict? Like, wasn't it also this sort of same phenomena to guess what the weather is going to happen? And that's just like something that people prioritize. And now it's actually semi-real. So like, sure, but I think like, again, a weather pattern is more the idea that Leo was talking about where we use all the science at our disposal to make guesses about XYZ happening and update it as you go along, as opposed to someone just being like, I dreamt about a bluebird, you know, and just like rambling nonsense and then being like, it means this, you know, I feel like I could get Leo on a science angle. Like, let's just say there was a person who, for some reason, their brain worked differently. What they are were they so, seeing? Let's say they're so hyper perceptive on some level that any certain thing about how a person would do or act or make a decision, they could put together so many things about it. And go forward with it, you know, like you said in your subconscious while you sleep. Mm -hmm. And just think about those possibilities and wake up being like X, Y, Z, you know. And just because that's how their brain works. So is it psychic ability? No, not really. But are they seeing futures? Yes, in a way. Like their brain yeah. is just showing them futures. Sure. I can get behind that because it's mostly what I said, but just 
all the time, I guess. Based on anything because they're so perceptive about yeah. how a person would do anything, you know. I'm just going to propose like a kind of weird angle. But like, what if we were able to decipher everyone's dreams like in that same sort of way? But then like you could predict the future based off of people's dreams, but whatever dreams people were dreaming, you couldn't really control. Hmm. So like you could predict the future through dreams, but you can't specifically be like, oh, I want to know this. It just ends up being an algorithm of like how you decipher dreams. I think the coolest technology that will come out is the one where they can hook something up and see what you're dreaming. I would hate that. Obviously, it would be completely embarrassing yeah. and like awful in so many scary ways. Scary for so many ways, but the technology itself and what you could do with it would be so cool. Yeah, I look at so many dreams. I bet that would become like a YouTube when you be like, "Oh my god, Dream Lover 66 has the best dreams. It's yeah. so weird. Yeah, that's what I feel like it would be like. You know, the Pokemon world has invented dream technology, and they use it to look into Pokemon's dreams. Oh, really? Yeah. What do Pokemon dream Without about? their consent, by the way. Oh, they dream they go into a magical realm, and then they find other Pokemon friends, and they bring them back from the dream world. Huh, Interesting. And they also, like, bring back weird items and stuff. Ooh. What items come from the Pokemon dream world? Berries. <laughs> yeah, they specific, specifically, which one? Like, uh, every berry has come from a dream world. Basically, uh, yeah. Every single berry can be found in the dream world, with the common ones being, like, super common. And then the rare ones being common, but still rare. But I'm saying, is there any berry which originated exclusively in dream world and they took it from dream world to our real world? Um, possibly the enigma berry. Ooh. Yeah, that's a cool name, right? When I first found out about the enigma berry, I was like, what is an enigma? Because I was, a, I didn't speak anything English. Yeah. And Pero enigma es una palabra también, no? Yeah, but I didn't know enigma in Spanish either. True. It's like a fruit that has a question mark on it. <laughs> All right. Speaking of numbers and fruit and question marks, do you think the numbers are male or female? When you see a number or think of it, do you think of it as gendered or as having a sexuality, gay or straight? All numbers are gay. I stand by that. <laughs> <laughs> All numbers are gay. Okay. You heard it here. All right. How about this? I'll say a number and you say what its gender is. Okay. Okay. I mean, I wouldn't assign any. But we're, you we're, wouldn't we're, automatically we're, assign any gender. Hold on. To one or zero? I don't know. One is definitely male. Okay, because it's phallic? Yeah. Okay, then two? Female? Yeah. Three female because it looks like boobs? Yeah. So I, we're just going on that, not on being like, oh, the number four is such a swish. 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 It's like a term for a gay person. A friendly term. Use it. Four? It's like, hey, girl. <laughs> when I think of four, I think of drunk people. Like, trying to four, think yeah. of four. When I think of five, I think it's a cop because it's fat and wears a hat. <laughs> <laughs> That's that funny. I do think five would be male. I feel like I see a pregnant person. With five? Yeah. With a hat? Yeah. <laughs> pregnant women can wear jaunty caps too, Leo. <laughs> Let them live. Let them live their best life. Oh. They're living for two. Girl, you look like number five. <laughs> oh, girl. You look Someday five, right? when you have a kid, you'll know what I'm talking about.
All right. So you wouldn't assign a gender to the numbers. It's weird because oh. as people that speak another language, yeah. many words in Spanish have genders. And it's weird as English speakers when you get to it. Like, I've seen people studying foreign language being like, oh my God, all the words have a gender? Yeah. And they're like, what a hassle. And in French class, sometimes kids would have problems with it and the teacher would be like going over it and she'd be like, what gender is it? And I'd always be like, well, in Spanish, it's yeah. this. And it's almost, I think almost all the time it was the same, yeah. obviously. So. And then there's someone in... Sábado Gigante calls it La Cuatro. Yeah. Ooh. It's been a million years since I've watched Sábado Gigante. It's over. Yeah, she been fin- gone. It's finally over. It was the longest running show of some sort. But now the title can be retaken again. We've got to start show right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Talk Suckers, the longest running show of all time. Yeah. We outlasted everyone. All right, so numbers not necessarily have a gender, don't necessarily have a sexuality. And you know what? That was a trick question and you guys passed. What? I do like the phallic numbers. (laughs) All right, but what about this? We have also been watching some programs that have numbers in the name. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about that. From one, it's a short jump to three and three's company. Here's where if we had money, we might be playing the three's company theme song. If you guys want, you can sing it since you've heard it all of 12 times now. You want me to actually hum it? Are we going to get copyright strike? Probably only if you do such a good job that the computer detection program recognizes it as the original recording (laughs) and then we'll get in trouble. So you can do almost a perfect job. Okay. Go. Um, Come and knock at our door. We'll be waiting for you. And then something else. I don't understand the lyrics. Where the kisses are. Where the kisses are what? Hers and hers and his. Three's company too. Okay. I just remember the tune. I I didn't understand that's what they were saying because that seems weird. I think it took me until last week to understand what Three's Company meant. And Three's Company too. I was like, Three's Company too. Oh, Three's Company comma also. Three is also company. I get it now. Yeah. Before that, it was just like fun words. Now it also has a great meaning. Yeah. All right. So Three's Company, we checked in with you last episode on our first taste of Three's Company. How do you feel it's evolved in its treatment of these gay ideas? The last three episodes of the six episode first season. Gender roles. (laughs) That's true. The show is all about gender roles, but I think it subverts them because often people state what a man should be. And it's usually a man. And then cartoonishly and comically they immediately get their you know comeuppance whereas the women characters are always seen as like stronger and smarter and like doing what needs to get done you know yeah but also upon watching it for like the second time during that episode with i think the robbery at one point the main guy jack and the brunette girl what's her name janet janet they're both trying to get up and rush out at the same time and he pushes her off and she lands on her back and then she gets back up he just is in such a rush to get past her and i was like that seems a little bit bad they do things that were comic in the time but now looking back on it you'd be like although i guess it would still be funny and if you're in a comedy to you know push a woman or child out of the way there was something recently where something similar happened you know so i feel like they still go to it although probably not as physically as they used to yeah i mean did they throw a baby in like a fire in game of thrones or something <laughs> they set a small girl on fire in game of thrones what was your question just because like twitter has this meme of like someone throwing a baby into like a fire or something he's like well okay it just pops up a lot 
So I feel like a lot of the comedy that's online, especially, ends up still being pretty crude. So I think it would definitely still pass to some extent. Yeah. I feel like online it's easier to be more shocking and crude because it's a smaller idea, you know? Whereas if you'd be like, wow, they're still filming like a guy punching a woman in the stomach to get out of a slightly sticky situation slightly faster is different than being like, and then we threw a baby on the fire. And it's just a picture, you know? He's not like, oh... You touched my boob. Oh, like the sexual oh. assault in that first episode? Good grief. Like, they couldn't get away with that now, right? Yeah. He was like, really poking at him. Mm. I couldn't believe he didn't pop one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they often have that where, like, Jack will be like, a man should do this. And then he immediately looks weak or cowardly. I mean, in the last episode, they were like, oh, he didn't stand up for himself or whatever. And then Jack kept being like oh they're gonna think i'm such a wuss and like the next time they were at the bar he tried to send up really to the tough. same guy who came back but yeah. janet had told that guy a lie that he yeah. was like in nom and hurt himself he had a plate I also, in his head or yeah. something i also like that after he felt emasculated he kept on making like jokes like at one point he was in the bathroom with Christy, and she's like, get out of here. And he's like, come on, I couldn't even raise a smile today. Meaning, like, I couldn't even yeah. get an erection to, like, enjoy you. So don't worry. He's like, I'm harmless right now. You think they made him a chef also, just to make him seem more effeminate or less masculine in a way. Yeah. I mean, this is how crazy the, the people were going about him living with two girls. Like, totally freaks me out sometimes. Because they get so into that. And like all these generals and like. Yeah, it has a very creepy perv vibe. Especially yeah. like when he was getting that loan. And the guy was like, two girls? Yeah. And then, and then and then he was like, oh, you have enough money? We could give you more. That guy was such a creep by proxy. It was amazing. Yeah. You know what else is funny? They actually mentioned the first gay couple in yeah. that episode, right? That most recent episode. Yeah. Where they were talking about a rash of burglaries. And yeah. Janet's like, they even broke into that nice couple next door. And he's like, Mike and Horace? And she's like, burglars don't care about your private lives. Yeah. And... This is one of the things that I feel like I used to complain all the time because it's like shows like that just like use being gay as that's the punchline. That's what's funny that they're gay, you know, and it feels like very pointy. Well, with that joke, I took it more to be like, wow, even two guys living together are getting burglared are getting burgled, you know, and more so to be like, if this apartment of guys is getting broken into, because I didn't take it like in a bad way, you know, I don't think that was being implied. I think the show kind of makes it a little bit clear that they're like, uh, the gay people are less men, less than men slightly you know i mean just because he said oh like their personal life or she said her their personal lives specifically is what he, they don't care about it's not like saying oh that they don't care about that there's two dudes or whatever it's because they're specifically gay i guess that's what they meant right because she was like yeah. they don't care they meant like even burglars would be like ew i don't want to go into that place because there's mm-hmm. gay people living there yeah there's like warning dog lives here warning gay couple lives here i hope that the guy who was looking through their window went to check out the couple next doors so three's company is still kind of stuck it's weird that it's stuck in those old-fashioned gender norms because all the young people on the show seem like so slutty or they seemed like they were super slutty up until the day before the show started (laughs) and once the show started they seemed pretty square and scandalized by everything but before that you know they seemed like oh you know us with guys yeah 
she's like, oh, this like tequila with brandy and oh, bourbon. crazy drink she made. You know that the Chrissy, because of this show, became like one of the most famous women in America and was constantly on magazine covers and became allegedly impossible to work with because of it. Crazy, right? Yeah. Who? The blonde woman, Chrissy. <laughs> Yeah, Suzanne Summers. I don't know who she is anymore. Yeah. And then she hawked the thigh master. You know that thing that you squeeze between your legs to have sexy legs? Yeah. That was her that sold that. Okay. She's cool. been on other shows since then, you know. But since the thigh yeah. master? Yeah. She came back. <laughs> I wonder what she's up to now. Wait, she's doing that? No, I don't know what she's doing. Oh. All right. So from three, it's just a few numbers more to six, and we can talk about a movie that we watched. Six Degrees of Separation. Leo, I was going to ask you to describe what happens in the movie just as a joke because Leo would say something specific, get into way too much detail about something not that important, and keep talking about it for a while. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. We were watching a movie about the Kevin Bacon factor. Ooh. How long have you known about the Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon game? Uh, Since I met you. (laughs) I don't know what a Kevin Bacon is. In Mexico, we don't have Kevin Bacon. We don't even have regular bacon. (laughs) Ooh, a nice slab of Kevin Bacon from the roof peg. (laughs) Izzy, do you know Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon? I was today years old since I knew, so no. Oh, okay. Yeah. Do you think they made that game up just because his name sounds like separation? No. I think they made it up that game because he's supposed to be very well connected and has worked with a lot of people. Yeah, that's, I think, one of the reasons that it started. But don't you also think because it sounds like separation? No, because it sounds like bacon. Hmm. Okay, Six Degrees of Separation is a movie where a well-to-do New York couple gets hoodwinked by someone pretending to be the son of Sidney Poitier and then it's a long story about what happens with it and the main kid who's pretending to be gay who's pretending to be the son of Sidney Poitier is played by Will Smith a very polarizing factor about this movie and his character is also gay Mm -hmm. what did you guys think about the representations of gay people in this movie I mean, they were all frauds or like fraudulent people who were being chased by the law or being chased out in some sort of way. They weren't put in a very positive light, to say the least. So there was the first guy, the scammer, who's pretending to be the son of Sidney Poitier. Yeah. And then the hustler. Yeah. Then the creep from high school who taught him everything, right? He was so thirsty and it was like very like creepy almost how like into it he was you know anthony michael hall must be a somewhat good actor because he did have like creepy lusty eyes and you know the way he'd look at him yeah and then there's a straight guy who committed suicide right because he had sex in the handsome cab with the will smith character yeah and then his wife wouldn't stop ragging about it so he killed himself because of his wife just kidding so he killed himself because he became gay and so then he's like now i'm dead yeah and he killed himself above a disco in an extra gay note. Mm-hmm. Were there roller skating? Yeah, it was a new roller disco. Yeah. Were there any other gay characters in the movie? Mm. Or just those? I think just those. Who else was a criminal in the movie? Oh, the main character? I guess yeah. no one else was a criminal or no one else was, you know, quote unquote, evil or bad or punished or run out. But anyone that had gay things, then they were. It's true. Hmm. Mm-hmm. 
One thing that I thought was weird was, at the time this happened, Will Smith, I think, said that he didn't want to be seen kissing another man on screen because it'd be embarrassing for his children or confusing or what have you. I don't know. I'm certain they don't think he actually hunts aliens, so I think they can tell the difference between some things they see in a movie in real life. And the women he kisses in movies that he doesn't have a problem with. Yeah, they're like, are you cheating on mom with everyone you make out with? (laughs) Now, I had mentioned this to you the other day. And you guys said you hadn't heard this, but there had been a long-standing rumor that he and Jada Pinkett Smith were both gay and each other's beard and in this business partnership relationship where they're best friends and you know what I mean? And I was like, I had heard that a bunch from different people. Obviously, it sounds like half nonsense unless it's true, but you guys had never heard anything about it? Mm-mm. No. What actor have you heard is secretly gay? Nah. Not actor. I've heard Sean Mendes. He leans into it. I almost feel like he's going to be secretly straight. You know, he's going to be someone that is trying so hard to look gay. Like, we saw him on Saturday Night Live. One of the lyrics in one of the songs was, It Gets Better. Yeah. And then it seemed, like, ambiguous about whom he was singing. There were a bunch of things. And I was like, oh, he's really leaning into it. Yeah. Because it seems like on the internet, people were accusing him of being it. And I was like, oh, is he sort of, like seem it and i was like no it seems like he wants people to be like that's who sean mendez is so i think it's weird i think he's going to come out to be secretly straight i mean i'm sure he's just I'm yeah pretty sure I, he's I, just I been he's like openly I'm straight. straight like please stop he's openly straight but trying to court gay people yeah i feel like if you put the supports it gets better you're not trying to yeah. not seem gay you don't care if people think you're gay in fact you might really like it yeah no yeah yeah but i mean i feel like he probably has i think he's like Midwest-ish? So maybe he has, like, conservative, like, followers and patronage and stuff. Well, weird. So there's no one else you've heard of Secretly Gay? Tom Cruise? You've never heard that Tom Cruise? I've, I've, we've heard, talked about that on this podcast, yes. Oh, we have. Oh, Mr. Cruise, I apologize. Take the dick out of your mouth and say you forgive me. <laughs> Just kidding. All right, so we don't have any celebs to out right now? No. Oop. No? Okay. Then what did you guys think of the couple in Six Degrees of Separation? The main married couple. What's their name? Kissingers? No. Kittredge. Kittredge. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was funny to see how the rich families were interacting with their children. Yeah. The rich kids were over the top. They were insane. Yeah. Especially because that was the first entry point that the Smith character kind of came into contact with their family. Yeah, he claimed that he knew their kids. And then the parents were just so disconnected from their kids. It was just so believable, it seems. The wife and the husband seemed to be having problems. But do you envy their life? Maybe not on the East Coast. Oh, yeah, Mm -hmm. New York sucks. But the thing is, New York's only good if you're fabulously wealthy, and they were fabulously wealthy, so it makes sense. Leah, did you like their apartment? It was cute. It was cute? How much do you think their apartment costs? A bunch of money. Okay. Izzy, what would you give it? Nine mil? I don't know. I have no idea, yeah. I mean, the girl's bedroom, she's gone to college. That was a palatial bedroom, just being preserved as a bedroom. Good grief. Oh, my gosh. No, I just feel like they had lots of rooms. They had a hallway that people were chased down. (laughs) Yeah, you would have gone to my front door, like, real quick. (laughs) Did you like their art? Yeah. If you could take one of their possessions... To keep, what would you pick? The one that flips over and over. The Kandinsky? I thought that one was really nice, yeah. I like their Kandinsky. Yeah. The 10 mil one that they were about to sell? This is on. I did like the one with apples that he showed first. I thought there were some interesting things about it. Did you like what 
they said about the children's artwork. That they were all Matisse's? I just like that he was like, how are these kids so good? And she's just like, I just know when to take their drawings away from them. Because I feel like that's true. Kids and people will paint on something and work on something and it'll look really great. So they'll keep adding stuff and then suddenly you'll be like, it's getting a little dicey, you know? Mm-hmm. There's that saying that artists never finish a painting. They just eventually yeah, abandon yeah. it. Yeah. You think that's true? Yeah, painters are weird. Yeah, it's not necessarily that you're weird. It's just that you don't ever have to be done. You can continue to add on forever. True. True. I just feel like they live with their paintings. If not, they're nice old painters, or I don't know. They end up having an intimate relationship with them. And like, you definitely just have to leave it alone at some point. Otherwise, you're just going to get obsessed with it for no reason. What's the degree of Kevin Bacon for this room? We have to find it out. Let me check it real quick. We have to find out. There's an app or something. We're going to calculate how connected we are to Kevin Bacon. And what does Kevin Bacon has a Kevin Bacon number of what? Zero. Yeah, because you don't need no other person in the connection. And just be me. Yeah. So Kevin Bacon has a Kevin Bacon number of zero? Yes. And if you're in a movie with Kevin Bacon, you have a Kevin Bacon number of one? Yes. That's how we're playing it. Because it's more fun. I searched Leonard Fishbein. Ooh, who's that lovely actress? Yeah, I don't know if it's going to find her. Should I look for someone more realistic? So, Leonard Fishbein has a bacon number of three because she was in Chatty Caddies with Russ Tamblin, who was in Hits with Matt Walsh, who was in The Darkness with Kevin Bacon. So ours is four? I guess. Yeah, because we are on a podcast with the legendary Leonard Fishbein. Do you have anything else to say? Anything for extra extra? Any secret queer stories that we could tell right now? Make it juicy. People that got to the end of this episode, they deserve something. Come on. <laughs> Leo, tell a secret. Um, I don't have any secrets. Okay. Izzy, tell a secret. I apologize to all of our listeners. This was Talk Sucker. You can find us on the internet at some places, but let's not even give the handles today. They're not going to look it up. After that no secrets ending? Come on. <laughs> you tell a secret then. Uh, about me or about like you guys? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. All right, that's it. We can cut it there.